This is the Six Man Show, an Orlando Magic podcast, with your hosts, Luke Sylvia and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic basketball. By fans, for fans. Go Magic. What's going on, Orlando Magic fans? You guys are back with the Six Man Show. It is March 22nd, 2021. As always, I am joined by the sad boy, Luke Sylvia. Luke. Big sad. Oral Roberts, man. Mm, a lot to say, Jonathan, but I'm not gonna. It's a mouthful. And, uh... <laughs> oh, shit, said that. Oh, oh, man. We, uh, we're family-friendly podcast. Oh, boy. <laughs> um, oh, we're gonna have to put the explicit label on this one. <laughs> this is a family show. Unbelievable. Uh, yeah, so for those of you who don't know or don't keep up with college basketball or your brackets, whatever, uh, the... Gators, who were the seventh seed, lost to Oral Roberts, who was the is the fifteenth seed. They knocked off Ohio State first round. Uh, they shot twenty three free throws tonight in comparison to the Florida's nine, uh, and the Gators were up, I think, eleven with five to go and ended up losing by three. Um, Oral Roberts is a team I'm familiar with solely because they are in the conference that the of the university that I work in, the Summit League. Uh, so. I'm familiar with them. Saw them play twice. They are the perfect March Madness Cinderella team. They shoot a ton of threes, um, and they have two dudes who are pretty incredible, one of which leads the NCAA in scoring with, like, 24 points a game. Uh, so, yeah, they, they've got a team that's got some studs. They, they've got the perfect formula for March Madness, um, unassuming, but now they're going to definitely be on everybody's radar. Um will be interesting i think today jonathan there was like uh let's see um i'm pulling up the results from today's march madness there was quite a few upsets here number eight uh the loyola fighting sister jeans um eight seed beat illinois who was the one seed from that region uh and syracuse the 11 seed beat the three seed west virginia in their region um, Rutgers took Houston, who was the two seed, and Rutgers the ten seed, down to the wire, lost by three. They were actually up uh, at the end of the game. So, and then of course the fifteen seed beats the seven seed Gators. So, uh, just was you know it was in the water today, Jonathan. So, um, and really this whole tournament, I mean, you got a lot of teams that are losing, and there's a lot more upsets I feel like than usual. Um, there's always some you know some some Cinderellas, but it feels like there's multiple this year um, that could make a run. So. Going to be interesting. Uh, I hope for the sake of narrative that Oral Roberts can continue to, you know, upset teams. I think they got Arkansas next. So, uh, yes, I am upset, but also the head coach of the Gators, Mike White, it's it's his time to leave. And I've been saying that for, I think, a year and a half, two years now. So hopefully this does it for him. Um, and I hope that they do the uh, athletic director does what he needs to do. So we'll see. Jonathan, I know you've got some – you know, some reason to be excited for your your New York Giants shifting the NFL kind of for a second, but just got Kenny Galladay. Well, before we get into that, Luke, I I did just want to point out that I I am uh, currently leading your uh, March Madness bracket challenge group. I just want to throw that out there. It's close. Jeez. It's but uh, so right now my 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 final four of uh, Gonzaga, Michigan, Arkansas. I know it's Arkansas and Houston is still alive, and uh, Arkansas and Houston. Both won pretty close games today. So, uh, I mean, Syracuse had, had the big upset today over West Virginia. Um, and then um, Loyola, uh, if they're able to – well, Oklahoma State, it looks like, um, if they're able to beat Oregon State. <clears throat> and then uh, Arkansas barely beat Texas today, and they're playing Oral Roberts next. So, we'll see what happens there. But, yeah. Let's talk about the New I York mean, Giants, you got why your, don't we? You got your, you got your Elite Eight in the tax still, which is big. A lot of people don't have all their Elite Eight teams Well, you know, not there, everybody so and, not everybody can have, you know, the the skill that it takes <laughs> to fill a, a bracket right. in March. Right. Um, yeah, it's, just, it's really been crazy. Um, North Carolina, they freaking lost to, to Wisconsin. I kind of saw that coming just the last, I don't know, it seems like since uh, 2018 – since uh, North Carolina won the – or 2017, since uh, North Carolina won the national championship, um, we just haven't really been competitive whatsoever, really, in the, the ACC, let alone the 
NCAA tournament. So I, I didn't think we were going to lose in the first round, but I figured if you know if you're going to lose to anybody, Wisconsin, you know there are worse programs to lose to. But so I kind of tuned out the last couple of days, and then I just checked my bracket literally as we're starting this. So I was like, okay, I'm, I'm still still doing all right, but um, mm-hmm. yeah, the New York Football Giants. There's some rufflings, you know, the earlier in the week that they were going to be going after Kenny Galladay, who is probably the most sought-after wide receiver on the free agency market since Allen Robinson. Everybody thought he was going to stay with the Bears. But, um, yeah, last night, um, well, actually, no, yesterday afternoon, it came through that Kenny Galladay is signing a a four-year deal with the New York Giants. Very excited about that. My boy Daniel Jones uh, definitely needed an upgrade in the offensive line, but we were definitely lacking a wide receiver one, which was kind of a frustration. You know, a couple of years ago when Dave Gettleman starts talking about how the team's not rebuilding, blah, 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 they still were rolling with Eli, but they wanted to trade Odell away. And the last couple of years, it was like, man, if, if DJ had a, a guy like Odell, you know, we might be doing okay right now offensively. But we've got a wide you receiver one. What's that? You think this will uh... – Shut up the uh, Daniel Jones haters out there getting no Not, wide receiver I mean, one. No, no. I mean, do, <laughs> does it put him in a better position to be able to shut those guys up? It's all going to come down to what Daniel Jones does with the football. Um, you know, last year was mm-hmm. rough. Again, don't really have a true number one wide receiver. I counted yesterday out of his 11 interceptions on the year, I believe it was. I believe it was four or five of them directly hit Evan Ingram in the hands and just popped up into the air, and the other team came down with it. A couple of his fumbles, same thing. Pitch to Evan Ingram. You guys got the, Evan, right in the Evan Ingram replacement, didn't you? Well, I mean, we signed um, Kevin Rudolph, which is a he's a very good tight end. Um, however, you know, I was hoping either a, a release or a trade of Evan Ingram was going to be coming this offseason. So far, there really haven't, hasn't been any action with that. So it's going to be interesting to see what Jason Garrett wants to do with with Kevin Rudolph, with Evan Ingram. He loves running like reverses for Evan Ingram, so I'm sure we're not going to get away from that. But Saquon coming back healthy, we have the 11th pick right now. If we end up you know, getting a, a decent offensive lineman, if Andrew Thomas, uh, our left tackle, can be better, if Will Hernandez, our left guard, can be better, Matt Pert, who was a rookie last year who played some right tackle, if he can actually get into the lineup and play better. Um, Nate Solder is going to be back for us. Cam Fleming should be gone. He was absolutely terrible last year. But if we can bolster up the offensive line just a little bit more, and then right now, I don't know if it's still as we speak, but the Giants met with Odori Jackson, cornerback from the Titans tonight, flew in Logan Ryan, who was a college teammate of Odori Jackson, uh, he flew all the way to New York City from Florida for that meeting. So those talks are, I guess, heating up. So we'll we'll wait to see what's going to go on there. But I've been all Giants fans. I know your your buddy Brandon. We've all been very critical of Dave Gettleman, and if he if he smashes this, uh, if he signs Adoree Jackson, it's going to be like an A plus free agency for us. And I mean, last year bringing in guys like James Bradbury. Um, you know, Logan Ryan, um, I mean, the, the Golden Tate signing a few years ago wasn't great, but, uh, you know, the, the trade for Leonard Williams a couple of years ago, <clears throat> he, he is, he, he seems to be writing the ship. I think Joe Judge is a big part of that, our head coach, but I, I was just telling Luke, man, I, I might be I'm very happy on Sundays next football season, especially if the, the Giants are, are good. So what, we'll what's see, it like, man. what's it like to have a. What's it like to have a professional team that lands free agents? It's That's nice, like, you know. I got to tell you, yeah, yeah. like I would imagine. It, it's it's a weird thing because I was just talking to my wife about this yesterday. Just watching Giants highlights makes me so happy and excited. Like even though we are terrible, we lost a lot of the games. It's like when your football team makes a good play, it's like okay, there's hope. This we could be turning turning it around right now. The Magic beat the Nets the other night and I'm like, "Eh, whatever." You know, like, why is it that one football win can make you just feel so happy for the whole week? And then a half hour after that Nets win, I'm just like, eh, we're we're still bad right now. And she said it's because, you know, they they play 100 games a year. 
where you know the the Giants, you know, they only play you know once a week for a few months. But I I must say like the Giants, the Yankees, usually the Tar Heels, uh, for the better part of my life, those are the teams that I look to outside of the NBA season to like feel like yes, I have successful sports teams. The Giants, not really the last few years, but I've been very fortunate and blessed to see two Super Bowl wins in my life. Um, obviously, you know, a, a few World Series in my life as well. The Yankees are, are usually competitive at, at last, you know, the last five, six years they have been. So, but it, yeah, it is nice to be a fan of some teams that can score some free agents. The, we all know the Magic kind of struggle with that. So, but yeah, man. So, uh, had a stomach bug this week. It was absolutely terrible. I was puking my mm. guts out for a few days. I've yeah. been bloated like the last four or five days. Haven't been able to go. Uh, to the bathroom mm. the way that you're mm. supposed to without getting into too much detail yeah, that, there. So yeah, that's yeah, not you, been great. Yeah, you need laxatives and if laxative doesn't do the Probably. job you need to go to the you need to go to the ER. So there's that. The ER. God. Dude, I mean this is serious stuff. My uh my brother in law had that same same thing and had to go to the ER. So Well hopefully it does not come to that. Hopefully <laughs> well, it doesn't come I, to it, that. If the laxatives I'm thinking don't some do apple job, piece boneless think. wings should well, get me right, right as rain. Those have never failed me when it comes to making me use the facilities. Mm. So, anyways, sorry if I'm continually clearing my throat on this episode. Again, being sick a couple weeks ago and then again this week has just really kind of got me screwed up. But, Luke, let's talk some Orlando Magic basketball. So, we'll if go through the weekly state insist. of the Orlando Magic. Yes, I insist. Okay. Uh, the Magic are currently 14-28 and 28 after going 1-2 and two on the week. They are in 14th place in the Eastern Conference. They're five and a half games back of both the uh, ninth and 10th playing seeds. They have the fourth worst record in the NBA right now. If the draft lottery was tonight, they would have a 48% chance of securing a top three pick in the draft. Uh, They still have a less than 1% chance of making the playoffs, Luke. So, I mean, we can talk about the games of the week really briefly here. Uh, so a loss to the New York Knicks, just barely. Um, everybody knows, you know, the Evan Fournier turnover, um, literally the last play of the game, beat the Brooklyn Knicks, Brooklyn Knicks, my goodness, Whoa. the Brooklyn Nets, and then just get absolutely shellacked by the Celtics. So first things first, Luke, let, let's really just talk about that last play, Evan Fournier. First of all, the Magic get the rebound, down one with 14 seconds left. Steve Clifford calls a timeout. Immediately, I'm like, this is about to go all the way bad. I don't know how many after timeout plays we need to see out of Steve Clifford when you need one bucket to win the freaking game, and it just never goes well. So they're going to run like a high pick and roll. Evan Fournier and Vooch, they do that. Evan gets double teamed. It looked like the play was to swing the ball to Vooch at the top of the key. And then with a few seconds left, he's got a great look at a three that he's hit at, you know, 40% the entire year. Or, you know, maybe takes a couple of dribbles, makes a play for somebody else. But Evan leaves his feet like a doofus, tries to throw the ball up. And who who was it there? Um, Reggie Bullock comes up with the steal. Uh, Alec Burks with the ball the other way. The game's over, right? Yeah. So what were your your initial thoughts Uh, after that? Yeah, I mean anything to do with a cliff final play is a whole like whole lot like the Florida Gators trying to drop a final play with under Mike White. Uh just doesn't go well. Evan Fournier, I understand and I've defended the fact that he was, you know, leading and, you know, a clutch player in the NBA as of like a few years ago. Um however, as many times as he gets the ball in the in his hands the final play of the game, it's a lot of opportunities to mess up. And Evan Fournier just messed up. I mean, you you like you said, you leave your feet. You know, who knows? Maybe Evan Fournier is part of the tank. I I don't know. Uh, but I doubt that. Yeah, me too. Um, no, that's just Evan Fournier, honestly. Um, I, I there's really no other way to put it. Uh, Cliff duo with Evan Fournier, final seconds of a game. I'm usually out on that. Um, no thanks. So, yeah, I mean, it, you leave your feet, you learn that in, you know, elementary, middle school, don't leave your feet, and left his feet and just gave Reggie Bullock a present. So, uh, that's kind of, there, there's not much else to it, Jonathan, and I, I don't think, 
you know, it's whatever. At the end of the day, it helps toward, you know, the the tank. Um, and I mean, let's let's continue staying near the bottom, I guess. But I mean, I, I'd like to stay competitive, unlike you know games that we've seen as well uh, this past week. So I want to be totally fair to Evan. So high score in that game, twenty three points, nine of twenty one from the floor, four of eleven from three. We're not in this game without Evan in a low-scoring game like that. Um, but, yeah, he just totally screwed up at the end. He he owned up to it, as he always does when things like this happen. Uh, what was it? Was it um, against Indiana a, a few weeks back, um, like overtime or something like that? Uh, same thing after the game. He, he owned up that, you know, it was on him. It was either a bad shot or maybe he didn't even get a shot off in that game. I, I don't remember at this point. It's been such a long season for us. But yeah, just coughed it up, and, and and really, what was just like the 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 cherry on the top of the Sunday that was like a kick in the nuts Sunday that mm. this game was was it was coming off of the loss to the five point loss to the Heat. So I'm just going back to the play by play here, back to that fourth quarter with Dwayne Bacon. So <clears throat> excuse me, 22 seconds left again. Magic full timeout, run a play for Terrence Ross who. Uh, I, I don't think it was a great look, but it, it was definitely a shot that Terrence can make. But he misses it. Al Farouk Aminu, uh gets the rebound, gets it to Dwayne Bacon. And then with, uh, what what is it here, 11 seconds left. There's eight seconds left on the shot clock. He just throws the ball up at the rim. Michael Carter-Williams gets the rebound, goes to throw it to Terrence Ross. Jimmy steals it, and he's he's gone and 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 the game's over so to lose that game and then the very next game is a loss to the Knicks with just a bonehead play at the end it was again it was just like it was just a kick in the nuts like to me there there wasn't any other way to put that and then moving on to the Brooklyn game so I want to I want to go through this and, and kind of explain why I said what I said because I got a little bit of pushback on the 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 comment that I made on Aaron Gordon after this game. So first thing, let me say Aaron Gordon was absolutely phenomenal Friday night against the Nets. Like one of his, the best games of his career. This is one of the the best versions of Aaron Gordon that you will ever get. So 38 points, 14 of 20 from the floor, seven of eight from the three point line, three of six from the free throw line, six rebounds, four assists, one steal, seven turnovers, which you don't love, but 38 points. Like the dude was slinging it, right? Magic win pretty comfortably, 121 to 113. What I said after the game was, this is one of the four to five games per year that you get from Aaron Gordon that makes you think that he can be a star. And one particular individual took offense to that, like, you know, don't throw shade at Aaron Gordon, blah, blah, blah. Like, to me, there's not throwing any shade to say that he does make you think that he can be a star. But it's important to not fall into that trap especially what was that six, five, six days before the trade deadline and think, oh, this is what Aaron Gordon can do. Because we all know, was it game four, game five against the Raptors? He has like 20 plus points in the second half against Kawhi Leonard. And then we're all thinking that last year was going to be the year that Mm -hmm. Aaron was going to make the leap. Like Zach Lowe had Aaron Gordon as a, as a dark horse to be an all-star prior to last season, before the season started. We all know, that that did not come to fruition. So when we talk about Aaron Gordon and the fact that you can't buy into those performances, let me give you a, example A. So this is tonight, okay? Magic get their butts kicks, buck, butts kicked by the Celtics, one twelve to ninety six. I'm going to read you Aaron Gordon's stat line here. So twelve points, three of thirteen from the floor, two of seven from three, four of six from the free throw line, six rebounds, five assists two turnovers in 33 minutes. So one night, 38 points in 36 minutes. The next night, 12 points in 33 minutes. That's the Aaron Gordon experience. Like that, exact, that is just to a T, especially against the Nets. 41 points a few years ago, his career high in a Magic uniform. So that that's, that's why I said what I said about Aaron Gordon, because he's going to have yeah. nights like that. Two nights yeah. later, lays a dud. Well, you also and have to, to me. Look that's at why it's it. time to move on. Well, you you have to look at it from a, um, like you know you can't look at that thirty eight point performance and be like, 
Aaron Gordon is that guy. Like he can be that guy for this team. Absolutely not. But how many times have we done that though? Like let's be fair. How many times do we see the forty one points against the Nets and then we're like, Oh my god, it's finally happening. Yeah, but anybody that falls in the trap and under this specific performance should know better because number one, he's he's done this already. Like we already know. Um also he shot seven of eight from three. That that was the biggest indicator for me. (laughs) That that like Seven for eight from three. He don't get me wrong. I'm gonna give credit where it's due. He's shot extremely well from three this year. He's shooting 41 percent, which is up from 30 percent from last year, um, on 0.5 more attempts. But difference is, I mean, this is the outlier solely because he shot double the amount of threes and hit seven of the eight of them. It's just he just every NBA player has nights where the bucket is just looks huge. Aaron Gordon had that game the other night. It's an outlier and. That's it. I mean, there's not much to that story. It it doesn't mean Aaron Gordon is an incredible player or is ever going to get there. We've also been saying that for, what, the six, seven years he's been on in the league? Like, oh, just wait on it. Aaron Gordon's getting there. He's getting there. I'm I'm done waiting on Aaron Gordon. He's, he's going to give you those performances. I'm giving him credit where it's due. He shot lights out seven of eight from three that night with the 38 points, but that doesn't mean anything to me. So uh, this... It, and I, I agree with everything that you just said. This stat just popped, like, jumped out at me. I knew he was shooting, you know. Um, I, I don't know if basketball reference or even what I'm looking at, ESPN. I'm not looking at NBA. I probably should go to NBAstats.com. I don't know if they've updated with, with tonight's game. Um, basketball reference usually is not great about updating the, like, on game days. Let me go through this here. I'm sorry, folks. Hold on for two seconds while I check this. So yes, this is not uh, this is not updated with the stats from tonight's game. His uh you know poor shooting night of two of seven from the floor. So after last night, coming into this game today, shooting forty one percent from three on the season. Mm-hmm. That does, does that surprise you at all? Because when I read that, I was like, whoa! Like I thought it was thirty seven or thirty eight, which is great for Aaron Gordon. Don't get me wrong. Did not expect forty one percent coming into tonight. Right. So and there's a lot of that does not change now. There's that does not change that... my opinion on Aaron Gordon. Like he's shooting the no, ball really well this games. year, but he's yeah he's, he's still not. Games. He's he's had starts yeah. to the year where he is shooting lights out and then he comes back down to earth. I mean, he you, it's not realistic to think that you know what is it? Last year he shot thirty percent. This year he's going to forty one. He's not ending at forty one. I don't think. No, I um, I would agree with that. If he unless he misses unless he misses another chunk of games because that does help in terms of more games that he can bring it down or whatever and bring it back down to earth. So, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I know it sounds like I'm not trying to give him credit, but 41% from three on four attempts, that's great. And, yes, was above what I assumed. Uh, but you do have to take into account that the Magic have played far more than the 22 games that he has participated in. All right, so NBA.com, um, accounting for tonight, 40.2% from three on the year. Trade Aaron Gordon now. Don't don't yeah. think about it. Don't wait. Yes, get the best offer, but trade Aaron Gordon. He's never – I would put money on it that he will probably never shoot 40% for an entire season in his career. I mean, well, we've seen enough. 32% three-point like, shooter for his – Yeah, 32% three-point shooter for his career. He's at 40% right now. If a team can talk themselves into Aaron Gordon – being, they're not going to, but if they can talk themselves into Aaron Gordon shooting 40% from three, you do it. But that's that's why we're not, you know, all aboard the, the Aaron Gordon is going to be a star train. That's why most people have gotten off that train, probably everybody except Aaron Gordon, which rightfully so, you know, you want a guy to believe in himself. But So that's why I made the, the comments that I made. But tonight was just like the Magic started – pretty well like in the first half especially like the first quarter and then just didn't want to play basketball anymore and just let Jalen Brown and and Jason Tatum just do whatever the heck they want Jalen Brown 34 points hit 10 threes Jason Tatum I think hit five threes added 23 uh, 23 points Uh, Magic lose 112 to 96 so it's a good thing that we got that win against the, the Nets the other night or we'd be looking at 11 straight losses which is definitely not great yeah, but and I, I mean, t- performances like this are going to happen for the Magic. Um, I mean, Jalen Brown shooting over fifty percent from three and making ten of them—it's just absurd. 
Um, but I mean, it happens when um, when the team you're playing against, you don't feel pressure playing them, right? Like Jalen Brown probably came in tonight. You remember? You remember? Um, Carl Anthony Towns had a conversation via Twitch with uh, I think it was Ben Simmons or something, and the conversation went something like, "Who do you have tomorrow?" And he's like, "Oh, I got the Hawks." This was last year, and Ben Simmons goes, "Oh, no problem." And Cat goes, "Yeah, out you'll and drops be a like night, yeah." Yeah, yeah. So, so that that's what I'm saying though. Is like those teams like the Magic right now who are just driving that struggle bus. It, it these guys like Jalen Brown are just gonna come out, stroll in, hit ten of eighteen threes. Like there was no pressure coming into that game for Jalen Brown. Um, he's an incredible player. Don't get me wrong, shooting like thirty eight percent from three though, um, which is great. But it's not, it's it's ten of eighteen. It's just an out of body experience for even an NBA player from three. So um, no pressure going into those games. It's gonna be the reason that the Magic continue to lose games because guys are just gonna come in and be the loosest they've been in a while. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it, it is what it is, and it's going to continue to be the trend all year. You said something on Twitter in your recap on your caption uh, for tonight's today's game. This will be uh, yesterday's game for those of you listening. But um, pretty much said, like, regardless of what happened between now and deadline, it's going to be a long rest of the year. And this is the reason why. Teams that come into this game have no pressure. The Magic, sure, will grab some probably wins against teams they shouldn't beat because they do stroll in that way. But if they're hitting shots and they're feeling loose, I mean, the, the Magic are going to continue to kind of get just, like, throttled um, pretty heavily, especially by those upper teams in each conference. So, I got to tell you, so this coming week, so starting on Tuesday, so you guys are listening to this on Monday, no game tonight, but uh, home for Denver on Tuesday, home for Phoenix on Wednesday. Uh, home for Portland on Friday. I'm so mad. The other night, you know, just watching Dame just go crazy like he's just been, you know, doing the last month. He's just killing everybody. I was like, man, I've got to see Dame play in person. So I immediately went to the Magic schedule to see when we were going to have them at home, hoping it was going to be, you know, a few weeks from now so I could, like, put in for time off or if it was going to be on a weekend, figure some things out. But no no such luck for me. Portland on Friday, so I'm not going to be able to see Dame this season. I, I really want to see Dame um, in person. I've seen LeBron in person. I think I've seen Giannis in person. I've seen AD in person. Um, i trying to think of like, the best guys that I've seen in person. But outside of you know Steph anybody too, on the Magic. I think, right? I've seen Steph in person. Yep, I've seen Steph in person, yeah. Clay. Um, that was the 72-10 and 10 season, so that was pretty cool. But Dame is probably at the top of my list with, like, Lucas probably up there as, as guys that I want to see um, in person. So I've never sat floor, like the floor level for a game. So I told Carmen, I said, yeah. next year I'm going to start saving up and hopefully for the Portland game we'll be able to, to get floor seats. That would be a, just a, incredible to see Dame that in close a year, and what see the Magic that seats, close. What do what floor seats run in a normal like non-COVID, you know, maxed out. So price. I don't know. I mean, every time I look at floor seats, I always get really greedy and I look at courtside. So I remember, like, mm-hmm. this is going back to when Philadelphia was absolutely terrible, like the Michael Carter-Williams 76ers, when you could, you know, get a, a upper-level, you know, ticket, you know, for the, the Magic to see them for, like, $11. Even then, it was, mm-hmm. like, I want to say, like, five, 600 bucks for for like courtside seats for the 76ers and that's when you know GMs and owners across the league were getting pissed off because nobody was buying Sixers tickets uh for their games when when they were you know on the road so i i don't know i, I maybe all, I'll all ask I'm our saying, best friend Drew right yeah all i'm saying is uh i think the move would be to try to do that early in the season next year in case everything comes together the magic start to be in really good and those prices go up as a result of the good product at you know at the amway and then including the good product with like portland or whoever it is all right well i'm gonna need you to you know? use your uh dc connections and, and hit up stimmy stimmy joe i'm gonna need another stimmy i'm gonna need, I'm gonna yeah, need yeah. another stimmy on the way i don't know we'll, we'll <laughs> hey, see that would be cool if so hypothetically real quick if you guys were looking up tickets for like courtside or whatever floor seats and you guys are pretty much like Carmen was like, man, these are these are really expensive. Um, how about we just get one ticket? You go. Don't worry about me. Whatever. Would you do it? Or, 
would you Hell do? Hell yeah. Like, just go to a game by I'll yourself. Be, oh, I'd be like, baby, have a good night with the kids. I'll be back. <laughs> of course, man. Like, come on. That's, to me, to me, that's that's like a bucket list thing to, to sit, um, yeah. you know, court. Not, I mean, court side would definitely be the best, you know, rub el- floor level elbows with Matiana and, and little, little Tristan Ross. Um, and little, little, uh, I think his daughter's name is, is Zoe. Is it? I think, I don't know, but, um, no, to, to be like right there, like LeBron James come crashing into you, spill my beer all over me. Like to be that close, that is yeah. definitely bucket list to, but my, you know, to, to get the, the floor level seats and go back to the, the premium, you know, get the prime rib and you know, right. they got unlimited soft serve. Like that's, that's my wheelhouse. Mm-hmm. That will, uh, a few years back, uh, but I don't know, probably like really eight, 10, 12 years ago now. Um, my dad, we had a friend that took us to games that he was fourth row on the floor and, uh, you know, they got like the waitresses walking around and whatever, and you just order from your seats and it's just ridiculous. But, um, I, when, one time my dad went and the only celebrity experience he had, uh, on the floor it was, was uh, your dad and, got along and, well and with then, flies, I bet. Not, not 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 quite in uh, sync member uh joey fatone joey fat one so yeah yeah no so i that, don't that mean it. no I, no i, I don't mean it. it like that he owns well he yeah, owned yeah. like a like a like um like a mall uh food court style little stand of hot dogs and he he called them <laughs> joey's fat ones so yeah, that's not did. me throwing shade um, at i'm not calling out you know him just, for being on the husky side i just whatever, remember seeing but. a picture I just remember seeing a picture of my dad, you know, doing one of these, like holding his phone to the side, like trying to get a picture of uh, Joey Fatone right. next to him. <laughs> oh my god! Oh man, funny That's stuff. Hilarious. But uh, yeah, so he was, and I did that a few times. I mean, it's it's incredible. I wish that it was yeah. like more to my age now, where I could appreciate oh, yeah. it more. But it is what it is. Yeah. It is. Oh yeah, I have a a buddy of mine, um, in the the Port Ritchie area. He owns a, a barber shop. And um, he, uh, one of his one of his clients, um, like just gave him courtside seats one night. So they closed the barbershop. They're mm-hmm. like, "Sorry, folks, we're closing the barbershop down <laughs> early." And a few of them went out to I forget who were there who were they were playing. It might have been the Raptors or the Bucks. I don't remember. But they were like talking trash to, um, you know, some I forget. It was like the end of the game. Some bench warmer. The guy went to like Florida State or something, and the the dude like just drains a three right in front of them and like yelling back at them so like i probably wouldn't do that now if it was kyle lowry i would be talking mad trash <laughs> kyle lowry um but uh no that so that would be fun anyways we're we are getting so off topic here but um so denver phoenix Portland. that's what happens when your team sucks so we're looking at jamal murray devin booker and dame lillard so you want to talk about three guys that get comfortable that can go off on your team at any time it's mm-hmm. it's those three guys like those are you know arguably like the first round picks for those types of guys. So right. we'll, we'll see what happens. But Luke, what, what I wanted to talk to you about this week, obviously trade deadline. So this is going to come out on Monday. So from now the trade deadline will be three days away on Thursday. I forget what time uh, the, the trade deadline is on Thursday. I think it's, is it like noon or is it like three o'clock Eastern time? It's so, usually three or something like that. Yeah. Like 12 uh, Pacific. I, I don't remember exactly, but it's three. Um, so I wanted to ask you, what is your opinion? Like, what should the 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 Magic be talking about right now? What should their philosophy be? And what are we looking for them to do between now and Thursday? Um, I think their philosophy should be get the guys off the books that you don't plan to have back, right? I mean, that seems like a no-brainer. Evan so who are we talking about specifically? Being... So... Evan Fournier, uh, Birch as well, right? Yeah, yeah. Yep, expiring. Um, Evan Fournier, Birch, and then is there anybody else? Who else? Because Aaron well, Gordon. I mean, there's year. been a lot of talk about Aaron Gordon because – and let's, let's well, have I that conversation that, but he's first, not expiring, right? He has a, he has no, he's not year. expiring. But I think right, he has a year because people, are ta- people on our Magic Twitter right now are arguing about – can J.I. fit with Aaron Gordon? Well, we haven't really seen them in that many minutes with Markel, with a real point guard on the floor, which is totally fair and is completely valid. If Aaron Gordon is going to be a 40% three-point shooter moving forward or anywhere near that, it's a different conversation. 
we don't think that he is, and we we kind of gone through that already. But my thing is, is this: based off of what you have to pay these guys and what the salary cap space is going to look like next season, do you want Aaron Gordon next to Chuma Okiki, and essentially you're running things back again for the most part, or Aaron Gordon next to Jonathan Isaac? Excuse me, or do you want? Chuma Okiki, develop a guy who a lot of people think can be really good, a guy who we think can be really good, a guy who is probably already extremely capable of being a 40% three-point shooter as he gets older and gets more comfortable. And do you want to pair him defensively defensively with Jonathan Isaac and then move J.I. from the three to the four, which he's probably more of a natural four, more maybe even more of a natural four than Aaron Gordon is right now. So... That that's my whole thing. Like I would rather see Chuma next year with Jonathan Isaac. I think Chuma's a, a a strong three right now, rather than trying to put Aaron or or Jonathan Isaac. The you know they're talking about positionless basketball, but sure can Aaron Gore Aaron Gordon guard most threes? Sure, offensively is the three no. Mm. In my opinion, do that's you, why you should think move I Aaron s- Gordon as soon as you can. I, I'm in for the, the same right boat as deal. you in terms don't of... Don't move him for no reason. Like, don't right. move him just to move him, but... Right, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, so I'm with you. I'm in the same boat. I'm not opposed to moving AG so that Truma can step in and, and those young guys can continue to develop. But the one thing I'll say, and I've seen this talked about, are you concerned with the inefficiencies of Truma um, offensively and the fact that he can play 22 minutes and and score like three points, like does that does that bother you? Does that is that a red flag for you, or do you chalk it up to being a rookie? So I chalk it up to both. Like it it is concerning. Don't get me wrong, yeah. but I I'm more concerned with a guy who has the confidence but doesn't have the ability, versus a guy who has the ability but maybe doesn't quite have the confidence level yet. Nobody is hoping that Chuma is going to be like our number one go-to guy, right? But we've seen Chuma, in my opinion, be able to take bigger, slower fours and a couple threes off of the dribble. And, I mean, we've really only seen it a handful of times this season. But we've seen him do it with enough fluidity to where I'm confident that it's something that he's able to replicate. And not, you know, these Aaron Gordon, you know, when he tries to go into his bag, pull out the, the slow-mo Euro, as now everybody has called that. Like, Chuma has real mm-hmm. ball skills, in my opinion. Now, does he pass up way too many shots? Absolutely. When he's wide open, do am I pretty comfortable that he's going to knock it down? Absolutely. So right now, um, in 2.4 attempts per game, He's shooting 36.7% from three as a rookie. I think as he gets more reps, again, this is a guy who hadn't played basketball for almost two years. Um, He's 25 games into his rookie season. Remember, he missed like 16 games with the bone bruise. What were we saying about Cole at the beginning of the year? Give him 20 games. Give him 20 games. Every time we were like, oh, maybe he's not good. It was, hey, give him 20 games. Be patient with him. Didn't have a, a, a summer league. Didn't have a, a big training camp or, a, or an elongated preseason or anything like that. Just be patient with him. I'm saying the same thing about Chuma because the amount of reps that Cole was getting, having the ball in his hand every play when he's on the floor, Chuma is not getting that. So right. I, I, it, it's a little bit concerning. I would be lying if I said I wasn't concerned at all. But I am encouraged by the fact that we've seen the ability for him to knock down shots to do certain things off of the dribble, to take certain guys off the dribble, to defend at a high level, has a great feel for the game already, offensively and defensively. I think um, he'll get better as a shot maker. Even if he he's 36.7% right now, he could probably get to 37 38% by the time the season's over. If he's a 37 38% three-point shooter for his entire career, that's pretty good. Like, 40% is elite. 37 38%. Yeah. That's like the upper tier. Like like Dame Lillard yeah. shoots like I believe like 36 37% from 3. Now he, a lot more volume so it, it's there's going to be a drop there but no, what about you? 
Um, yeah, no, I'm. It, don't get me wrong; it's concerning anytime you see a guy, you know, play 22 minutes a game and average four. Um, but at the same time, yeah, I, I like you said. It just it's the same. It, it's not the same in terms of with Cole Anthony playing and getting that start, taking the ball up the court every time. Truma is a guy who just like who is going to you know step up defensively. He's going to uh, give his effort, and then he's going to continue to learn. Like you said, he hadn't played in two years. He was assigned to the G League team last year, um, didn't play, and then just just got signed on. He's a rookie, so like like he is actually a rookie. So, um, so yeah, I I'm not I'm not concerned about Chuma. Um, but that being said, I want to see him get more reps where he can be a focal point and where he can prove to Cliff or whoever is the coach. That, that that he can step up and be the be the guy that kind of just steps up and, and fills in the holes where needed. Um, because when J.I. is on the court, Markel's on the court, you don't need Chuma to be the guy. Um, and, and Vooch, obviously. So, yeah, just get Chuma and let him be, you know, let him be the, um, the role player, essentially, next year. Let him be the role guy. And then maybe he steps into the bigger role. Maybe he doesn't, but I'm I'm done with the Aaron Gordon experiment. We're getting the best out of him that we're ever gonna get. Um so yeah, just just trade AG for the right deal, get Chuma in next year, get him all those minutes. Um that's really the that's that's all it is, man. We're we're it's a weird spot because it doesn't feel like we're rebuilding, but our record looks like we should be rebuilding. But Magic fans know it's all injuries and, and things like that. Uh, but it is interesting because we are going to lean more into our core, I hope. And we're going to find out, um, you know, it, there's no point to keep Evan Fournier. I don't care about the deal, right? Like, yes, there's a deal that, that could happen where you could look at it and be like, oh, the Magic got fleeced. Well, guess what? The the biggest fleece of all is Evan Fournier finishing up the season with the Magic and walking free with nothing, getting nothing in return. There's no reason to keep Fournier longer than we have to i mean for goodness sakes we've got chasing randall who by the way good night uh is playing minutes on this team like there's nothing that's going to happen that's going to make a playoff push you're one of the worst teams in the league embrace it at this point ship fournier for a pick i don't really care where it lands because otherwise he's low walking free in the offseason so trade him first and foremost take care of birch if you can he shouldn't be hard to move package him with evan i don't know uh, and then Aaron Gordon is the one where you can you can have more patience with it, right? Because he's got another year. You can deal him next year on an expiring. I mean, it's not a huge thing, I don't think. Um, but it would be nice for Chuma to get more minutes next year. Uh, but it's not the end of the world. I think AG is the lowest on the totem pole for me in terms of trade him. It's Evan, Birch, AG for me. So this front office, I think we have you know, made the the point that they can be very frustrating at times because you don't really know what they're going to do. And at times they can just be so methodical and conservative that it's frustrating as a fan because, you know, you want the big, exciting, splashy moves. You want the aggressiveness. You know, you want to fleece teams for their best young talents like a Markel Fultz and, and things like that. However, what I will say is right now, the fact that as fans and how closely we cover this team and we still don't have a great feeling for what this team is going to do is exactly the way that the front office should be handling this. When it comes to Evan Fournier, they should be you know, portraying the situation that we might want to keep Evan. We, we might re-sign Evan. We really like Evan. He's a good player. We feel like in the right role, with a healthy team, he can really help this team and give us some much-needed scoring, shooting, you know, leadership. But they should definitely be trying to trade him. I don't know actively, but they should they should definitely be listening, taking all the offers and listening in every phone call. But they shouldn't be telling teams, you know, we need to get rid of this guy because then you lose all leverage. So they should definitely be playing it very close to the vest like they are now. That being said, it seems like, you know, there there have been talks all year about, you know, Evan might potentially be a, a good fit for a contender. Now, in Aaron Gordon, you know, now we're hearing all these teams being 
linked to Aaron in these trade talks. Portland, Minnesota, Golden State, Houston, all teams that are, are potentially vying for Aaron Gordon. We're not really hearing that with Evan. We're hearing that he's available. You know, it might take a, a good young player and, um, you know, potentially a first round pick to get Evan, things like that. But we're not hearing like really specific things. But I'm right there with you. They should be looking to move Evan. Ken Birch, that's just going to come out of nowhere. Nobody has any idea if they move him where he's going to end up. It could end up being a trade to the Wizards for a you know a future second round pick or something like that. The whole thing with Birch is to just you're not bringing him back. You need to find out what you have with Bamba. If you have something or not, don't really know at this point. He hasn't looked great lately. I will definitely be the first to admit that. But you need to give him the rest of the season to figure that out. When it comes to Aaron, when it comes to Terrence, when it comes to Vooch, Vooch is the thing where it's like it's going to take a cash cow like a godfather offer to be able to pry him away from the magic, not just because of how good he's been, but also his value in terms of being able to, you know, still run the offense through him to a point where the games are going to be able to be competitive and you can bring young guys along slowly if you need to. We're talking about Markel and Cole and Chuma and, and Jonathan and our whatever lottery pick we end up with this year. Vooch is a guy who is still going to be plenty good for years to come and can really help a, a young team, in my opinion. When it comes to Terrence, he's kind of in the same boat with Evan. You have a little bit more leverage with Terrence just because he is on a declining deal year after year, so the money is going to be attractive to other teams, and then he's still got two years on his deal. You're not in risk of losing him after this season. So I don't think they're going to move Terrence or Vooch Terrence maybe Vooch would absolutely shock me but again we're talking about the same three guys Evan Ken Birch and Aaron Gordon so in terms of Aaron Gordon again we mentioned Portland Minnesota Golden State Houston I don't know if there's anybody else that I'm missing right now but basically what they're saying is that it's going to take a, a good young player and a first round pick to to get Aaron Gordon um, if you're a contender, especially Denver wasn't, wasn't mentioned in that, um, that, uh, Den, that's actually, that was from the Denver post. So that would be why those, those other teams are listed as additional teams that are looking at Aaron Gordon, but Denver, and a, a lot of people are, are talking about this. So I don't think it's anything that we're breaking here, but like a first round pick, uh, a guy like Gary Harris, um, and getting a guy like RJ Hampton. Uh, from the from the Denver Nuggets is what a lot of people are talking about as a potential trade for Aaron Gordon. So Gary Harris makes a lot of money, uh, I believe, has two years left on his deal, so it would be the rest of this year and then next year. So you're basically taking a flyer on Gary Harris. At that point, I think because of the money, you might have to include somebody else um, or you know, you're going to be looking to move uh, Evan Fournier because if you try to bring Evan Fournier back, with Gary Harris on the books, I think he makes like $22 million a year, something like that. Then next year you're looking at being in the luxury tax. That team might be really good, but you know, given the way that this year has went, I don't think that a Voss family is going to be all that excited about going into the luxury tax for this team. So, I mean, I think out of everything that I've heard and just looking at other teams' cap sheets and teams that they have to think, uh, players that they have to offer, things like that, I think the the Denver deal is the one that if Denver offers that, I think it works best for both teams. Gary Harris hasn't really lived up to the contract um, that he signed there in Denver. Might be a guy that really needs a change of scenery. Um, but I think that's that's if that's what you're getting for Aaron Gordon, I think you've done a damn good job. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'm interested to see kind of what happens. I know that there's people that have also talked about. You know, I think Kevin O'Connor talked about AG fitting in with. Uh, the Trailblazers, you know, going alongside of of Dame and CJ. Um, I think he said that some, you know, Portland's an ideal fit for him. Um, could unleash a new dimension to his game as a bouncy version of Draymond Green, thriving on the role as a finisher, as a playmaker. Golden State could use Gordon in Draymond's actual role. Um, so there's just a lot of stuff out there in terms of what AG could do, where he would fit. Um, I think that would be good for him. Um, I think, 
I think AG can can fit you know alongside and, and Portland and and Golden State solely because AG doesn't know who he is as a player. I don't think. I think in Orlando it's easy to kind of think that you're the star when you're really not, or that you're more important to the team. And you know, granted, he is more important to the Magic than in that role in terms of he needs to score more and do more, defend more. Then if he went to Portland, I mean, he's not going to think he's over Damon CJ. If you go to the Warriors, you're not going to think you're over Steph or Clay. So yeah, I think I think it would be those two places would be good moves for him. As far as what the Magic could get in return, I really don't know. I don't, I don't know. Um, I'm not going to sit here and try to throw out a trade idea to either of those teams when I really just have no idea what, what that will look like. So uh, going to be interesting to see what happens, Jonathan. We're getting close to the deadline. Um, how surprised will you be or irritated if the Magic just sit on their hands? I definitely will be uh I would say very irritated if they decided to just sit on their hands because to me, as far as the asset management of Evan Fournier, I just don't see, again, the DeVos family being fired up about paying into luxury tax to bring Evan Fournier back, you know, the the money that it would probably cost to bring him back is going to put this team into the luxury tax going into next year. Um but it would also just carry out and bring to light like all of our greatest fears with this front office is do they really believe because of the you know two years in a row hashtag run it back do they really believe that this team is is capable of going anywhere and even healthy you know we can talk about this team with Markel Fultz with Jonathan Isaac with Cole Anthony with Aaron Gordon being totally healthy this year, Evan Fournier being totally healthy, like all these guys. If you look at the Eastern Conference right now, the Magic would easily, in my opinion, be the fourth seed in the East right now. Like, easily. Like, probably within striking different distance of the third seed. So as we look at the Eastern Conference standings right now, Milwaukee 27-14, and 14, and then four is Atlanta at 22-20. and 20. Even if this even if we didn't have Jonathan Isaac this year, if we have a fully healthy Markel Fultz and Cole Anthony, there is no way that I am going to believe that the team that started six and two, right, would be anywhere under twenty-two and twenty right now. I, I think we'd probably be at the most three to four games back of the Bucks right now. And with a healthy Jonathan Isaac, Aaron Gordon, and Michael Carter Williams, this team beats the Milwaukee Bucks last year in the first round of the playoffs. Mm. That I that I 100% believe that. That series was so close. We talk crap about Gary Clark, but Gary Clark did such a good job on Giannis in that series. But if you have Aaron Gordon and you have Jonathan Isaac out there, yeah, some of those games were so close and we gave them fits. Uh, I really think we beat that team totally healthy last year. Like I, I really believe that. It was close given the depleted, you know, injury-ridden roster that we had last year. Um, but, so even if you're saying this team is fourth in the East right now, they're, they're still not the Brooklyn Nets. They're still not the Philadelphia 76ers. They're still not the Los Angeles Lakers. They're still not the Los Angeles Clippers. This team, with everybody that is signed to contracts right now, fully healthy, this season would have been that team's, limp like the ceiling yeah like you're not getting any better than what this team could have been totally healthy this season because if you've got Aaron Gordon you've got Evan Fournier and you're playing the way that we've seen this team play the last five six years you're limiting what Markel can do what Jonathan Isaac can do what Cole Anthony can do what Chuma Okiki can do and as of right now the potential that those guys have to take this team to the next level when you add some more pieces you just don't get there with these other guys on the roster. So I would, I will be absolutely irate if they just do nothing because it, it, it makes me worry about them being completely delusional, and then it also leads me to believe that they're totally incompetent as well, yeah. which I don't think they are, which is I just don't see a, a reality where there's not a trade between now and Thursday. What about you? I... 
I, I don't know if I see a reality that, you know, there isn't a trade because I do think that you get Birch off the books easy, right? I'm hoping that the reason that Birch hasn't been dealt is simply because they're trying to package him with Evan or AG or whoever just to make it happen in one deal. And then maybe, you know, the or day maybe of the dead- they might just be keeping that in their back pocket if they need to match salaries. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I think Birch, if nothing else, will get dealt. Um, that being said, uh, because of that, yes, I'd be surprised. Um, I will be disappointed if Evan is not dealt. I just don't see a reason not to. I don't know if I am not seeing some type of angle here, but it just doesn't it doesn't make sense to me to just let him walk free and not get anything for him. There's no point. It doesn't seem. So unless the magic just are gonna have him back. Who knows? I don't I, I don't know and I don't know like like I just it's not worth it. I hope that they don't. So I will be pretty irate if Evan Fournier is not traded um by deadline. Um but at the same time, this front office does confuse me sometimes. They're very conservative. Um but I, I hope that that's not the case and I hope Evan Fournier does get dealt. Uh but I don't know that I'll be surprised if he isn't necessarily just because nothing really surprises me uh too much anymore with them because it's just going to chalk it up to like oh they just didn't find a deal they liked. Um but yeah, no, you got to you got to deal him. You have to. There's no, there's absolutely no reason Evan Fournier is is in a magic uniform after March 25th. So when we're talking about some of these trades, so we're we're talking about um you know what we think might happen, what could happen. So number one for me is going to be Gary Harris, RJ Hampton for Aaron Gordon. If you can get that plus a pick from the Nuggets, to me that that would just be absolutely phenomenal. I think um you know they're going to have a, a late first round pick anyways. Maybe that's the, the, the deal that gets made. The other deal is going to be Portland for me. So Aaron Gordon, it would be for Rodney Hood, Zach Collins, who's expiring, and then Anthony Simons. So Anthony Simons is a, is a guy, obviously, everybody knows is an Orlando kid, named after Penny Hardaway. It would be bringing a kid home, a la like a Tracy McGrady, mm-hmm. right? Um, I know Portland really likes him a lot. Other people have talked about potentially Nasir Little. I think everybody would agree that Anthony Simons is definitely the better player of the two. And I saw plenty of Nasir Little at North Carolina. There were a lot of mock drafts that had the Magic drafting him a couple of years ago. I, I'm not really excited about Nasir Little. But if the Magic were able to make a trade for, uh, again, it would be Rodney, and Zach, Rodney Hood, Zach Collins, and Anthony Simons. Penny Simons. I don't know that you're getting a pick. What is it? Penny Simons. Yeah, Penny Simons. (laughs) Um, I don't know that you also get a pick with that, but to me, if if they strike that deal, either of those teams sign me up. I'm I'm all in on both of those trades. Yeah, I mean, if you look at Anthony Simons this year, he's uh, he he's been in the league three years. When he was 19, he came in, Um, but he's been in the league three years. The first year, he only played 20 games. He started once, uh, seven minutes a game. Last year. Uh, 20 minutes, almost 21 minutes a game, played 70 games, started four. Uh, this year he has is averaging about four minutes less. Um, but one thing that has improved is his three point attempts by 1.6 and is now shooting almost 41% from three, um, on 4.8 attempts. So like Aaron Gordon, that percentage will probably come down. Uh, but all that to say, I'd like to have a guy like Anthony Simons. I don't, I no reason not to. Um, I think Portland would be the team that says no, but I also just who knows. But they, I like you said, I have also heard that they like Anthony Simons, um, and just feel like there'd have to be quite the the deal that happens to get put in play for Anthony Simons. So my thing is this: like you've got you've got Dame, you've got CJ, right? Right. At one point, what what point do you say? Okay, we're gonna put we're gonna put Dame, CJ, and Anthony Simons on the floor together all at the same time. Right. Yeah. Like, well, the, the the thing with that is, I mean, yes, the case can definitely be made that Portland would be willing to part ways with Simon. I'm sure for the right deal, they would be. Um, He is playing four minutes less per game. um, And that says something because CJ has also been out until recently. Right. So like he missed yep. a chunk of games and Anthony Simons is still playing less per game. Um, 
So it might come to the point where, yes, they like Anthony Simons, but they understand that there's not really a situation where they need him, and at some point they're just stunning his growth and they're just keeping him on the bench for nothing, uh, playing 16 minutes a game. So, Yeah, I mean, let's, I don't want to talk about Mo Bamba here, but how much, <laughs> how much can you like a guy that you're not putting on the floor a ton? Right. You know what I mean? So um, we talk about, you know, in this draft needing a, a ball handler, a, a shot maker, a, a guy that can create his own space to get off shots. We're going to have a high-level lottery pick to be able to do that this year. Hopefully it's somewhere in the three to four range and we end up with my boy Jalen Green. But Anthony Simons could be insurance on that. Yeah. Why well, I keep saying Simons? It's Anthony Simon. Um, doing that um, – that that could be some insurance for that. We're talking about we need a guy like that. No, it's this Simons. is a kid who is it Simons? Good it is. grief! I, just I think pronunciation. because because Kenny Smith. What do you trade NBA has it as Anthony Simons? Not is it Simon? I'm I'm talking about the S at the end. Is there an S or no? There is an S. There is. An, I was saying Simon, but it's Simons. Yeah, 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 yeah. You thought I was saying Simmons? No. It's it's I know it's Simon Kenny on a you know the All Star night the other week had me all screwed up with that because he kept messing it up, <laughs> but we're talking about needing that and and that is a trade that would facilitate the ability to to be able to do that. So um, I still think that the Gary Harris R J Hampton you're kind of taking two flyers um, and this year Gary Harris is actually making nineteen not twenty two like I said, but you're taking two flyers on guys that could really help you out. Versus you make that trade with Portland, uh, I, maybe I would need a, another. Maybe I would need a, a, a first round pick in that deal as well because Rodney Hood isn't doing too much for me. He's going to be coming off of the bench. I think you would probably start Terrence. Um, you know, especially if you you end up moving Evan, and then Zach Collins has just been so injury riddled. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's an expiring. You just take him off the books at the end of the year, and then you're just hoping that Anthony can become something. But for me, with that deal, I'd probably need an, a first-round pick. I mean, we're talking about the the Blazers and the Nuggets. You're talking about a late first-round pick. Um, but even if it's like a future first-round pick, I think I would still need a little bit more of a sweetener to move off of Aaron for that Portland deal. But that uh that that Denver deal, I would definitely do that. And if you can get a pick from Denver in that, then that's just that's a fleece in my opinion. You get Aaron Gordon, you get a, a flyer on Gary Harris, R.J. Hampton, and a first-round pick. That is a deal that has to be made, in my opinion. Yeah, I would agree. Well, Luke, we've been saying this for literally two months, but we're almost to the trade deadline. We will find out. Uh, If anything crazy happens, Luke, are we going to try to do something during the week? Um, I don't know if it's going to be podcast form or we've talked about doing the the Twitter rooms thing, but definitely uh, bring some some takes and some insight to that. Yeah, yeah, and obviously we'll discuss it on the pod next week, also. Yeah, I think it would be uh, it would be cool if we uh, hopped on one night, um, the night that it happens. Hopefully, the trade breaks at night. I don't want it to happen in the middle of the day. You and I both work, um, so yeah, I uh, I'm hoping that you know maybe at night we get a a nice trade. Well, it would have to be it would have to be Wednesday night in that case. Yeah, that's fine. Uh, trade happens, or you know, even if it happens during the day, maybe we get on that. I know Twitter has that new feature. Basically, it's like a house party. If anybody's familiar with that, um, where you pretty much all audio, and Jonathan and I would be the speakers on it. Uh, the song you know, the by spe- Meek Mill. Right, exactly. Uh, there's there's speakers and listeners, and you know we can grant access to people to become speakers and kind of chime in as well. Uh, that could. That could get dangerous. Um, having this you guys is my ch- thing, though. <laughs> this is my thing. Do you know how much I would love that? Like, if somebody would, if somebody that disagrees with us or disagrees with me or whoever yeah. would actually come on, show their freaking face, right. and you can hear their voice, and they can tell you how much of a mf and idiot they think you are, <laughs> like they do through Twitter usually. Mm-hmm. I would welcome that with open arms. Yeah. Because yeah. then there's a good discourse going back and forth. I can make your point. You can make your point. There's nothing that's going to get misconstrued through the context of a tweet like it's so hard to to hear like someone's tone and the way that they're coming across through a tweet i would love when i'm talking to people like all right let's get on here let's argue in front of everybody if you really feel this way yeah like put your put your face behind what you're saying Yeah, yeah right and let's just do this one last time because our buddy keith smith you know friend of the podcast came on the podcast a few months ago was getting killed today 
for basically saying that not many teams are interested in trading for Victor Oladipo. Mm. Be like, what do you mean? He's an all-star, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I had to throw it out there again. I said, Keith, just tell them that since Victor Oladipo was injured a few years ago, Evan Fournier has been the better player because people love that. Like, seriously, people, we talked about this last week. Victor Oladipo is not the same guy that he was two years ago. Now there are talks of trading Aaron to Houston, Orlando getting Oladipo back, but then needing to get a third team involved because Victor Oladipo has no future in Orlando. Thank God. Mm-hmm. Thank God. Yeah. I don't I would dude. I've been I've been talking to enough people lately on Twitter that if Victor got traded back to the Magic, my mentions would be rip. Like yeah. just completely dead. Yeah, yeah. So well, yeah, so I guess I, this is kind of coming to the end here, Jonathan. Do you have anything else on the agenda for for this episode? I'm going to hope to go to the bathroom tonight, and that's it. Hey, I'm praying for that. Uh, yeah, so you guys be be looking out for um, an episode if uh, a trade does break. You can, you know, I'm not saying that we're going to drop one, but if, you know, a trade happens, we'll post to our, our Twitter and be like, hey, we're recording. will be out there. We're recording, you know, we'll let you know on Twitter probably, hey, recording a pod tonight or, you know, we won't be. Um, but we, I do hope that we can try that Twitter feature out sometime in the near future. Um, not just with the trolls, but those of you that actually listen to the show and, um, are more than Twitter trolls and want to have actual, you know, conversation. Uh, we welcome that obviously. So we welcome the trolls. We do welcome them as well, but I've learned that if you try to combat the trolls, it just gets worse anyways. Right. So you might as well just embrace it. Yeah, I I agree. You, then Stop you got, trolling me, guys. Yeah, yeah. You the, the trolls are the, the worst, floodgates. right? They they go and you know they'll make fake accounts and they'll try to have you know discourse with you. It's kind of uh, it's kind of ridiculous, but um, but yeah. So <laughs> uh, anyway, guys, um, that that's it. Uh, that was just a little something for me and Jonathan um, to uh, to laugh about. But um, yeah, so. Hope you guys uh, continue to, to tune in. We got deadline coming up. We're excited about it. So. Yeah. All right. Anyways, guys, for Luke, this has been Jonathan. You guys are listening to the Six Minute Show. We will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Six Man Show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go Magic.